Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Well, guess what? We've been worshiping and praying, and God's been working and moving for a while, getting a little late start, so we're going to dive into this thing. So take your Bibles and go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. <clears throat> 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I love your excitement. 2 Thessalonians. Thessalonians. Somebody said, what is that? Second Thessalonians. I uh, have never, as a pastor to my knowledge, have been in ministry now for many years, and I have never preached from this passage uh, that I know of. I don't recall. I'm never ever preaching from this passage. So uh, it is Second Thessalonians chapter 3, and uh, verses 6 is where we'll start off. We'll go through 15, and um, truly believe that this is a word for right now, that, that we need to hear, that we need to uh, get in our hearts as we leave this year, go into the next. This is a word for us. So 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, you got it? Yep. Let's do it. Verse 6, but we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. This is going to be some strong stuff today. Um, it's going to be some things, again, I've never preached, uh, but I think clearly in Scripture that we need to apply to our life what's being said today. This is going to challenge, I hope, every person, each of us today. I hope we get challenged from this. He says in verse 7, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. Not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. For even when we were with you, we command you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Strong. (laughs) For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all but are busybodies. You have the right to remain silent right there. (laughs) Now those who uh, who are such we command and exhort through the Lord Jesus Christ that they may work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does does, uh, not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. This is, uh, again, encouraging, challenging, some stuff today, but it's Bible. And you know what that means that we should do? Read it and apply it in our life. And so um, I think that's what we're going to try to do today. So Father, help us right now in the name of Jesus to hear your word and um, be challenged by it and uh, recognize the areas where we need to, to apply it and move forward in our life. So we're thankful today for what you're doing. God, thank you for another opportunity in 2014 to come together as a church family and worship you. God, is a, it's a great privilege and honor to do so, God, and we don't take it lightly, God. This is a privilege to do this, God. Thank you for providing our church and a place that we can come and gather. Lord, thank you for each family member who's here and who's listening today, God, who's a part 
of what you're doing at Faith Renew, God. We just celebrate that today, God. And uh, Lord, we just want to be mindful today, God, of all that you've done during this season, God, and in the next, God. Lord, you are the true giver of life. And Lord, today we just pray, God, that that fire we've been singing about today will burn bright in our hearts, God. We'll burn for you, Lord. And we'll, we'll just be totally sold out, surrendered to you, holding nothing back. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Just look over at your neighbor and say, man, you look good on the last Sunday. <clears throat>you look good on the last Sunday. Wow. You made it through another Christmas. I mean, is it one of those things where you do, you kind of get excited and you're pumped. And you know, again, I talked last week about putting up the lights and all the excitement and plugging them in and going outside and just looking at it and standing there in amazement of all the bright lights and all the joy that it brings. Christmas. Man. But then it's over. And then you have to get out and take the lights down. And then you have to get up on the roof and pull the wreaths off and do all the things that, you know, you're kind of like excited and pumped about. And then it's over. And this is what happens. I've seen this since I've been in ministry. We can look at it by the response of people who are in our service today. And it's, it's statistically, there are even churches that did this today. Statistically, there are some churches that closed down and didn't have service today because it's a low-attended service for them. And uh, they say, man, people are tired after Christmas, so we're not going to have church. And I'm like, okay, yes, but we are. We're going to have church. We just wish you come together. And so, because, but this is what happens. People have a tendency when it's over to do this, to kind of sit back and kind of just kind of, just kind of embellish all that had just happened. You've been, you've been eating too much food. You've been doing way too much stuff. You've been doing way too much running around. You've done all these things. And then this is what we do. We pull back and we say this, I'm just going to cruise. But then come January 1st, I'm going to be refreshed. And I'm going to go at it again. Now, you don't have to raise a hand or even acknowledge that, but just think, even in your minds, you've thought that way. We'll do this. We'll pull back, and it's the end of the year, and then we'll do this. We'll start next year. We'll kick it off. That's going to be my New Year's resolution. We'll kick it off next time. But really, that's what happens in our minds and our spiritual walk. We do this. We come out of the gate. We get fired up. We're going to have a service on New Year's 1. It's going to be a blast, and it's going to be fun, and we're going to be celebrating all those things. And we come out of that, and then life happens. We end up doing too much running around. We end up doing too much eating. We end up doing too much of this and that. And then we want to have a tendency to do this, pull back and get on cruise control. <clears throat> Sit back and chill and kind of get too relaxed. And then we find ourselves doing nothing. So today, I want to challenge you today as we've been talking about during this series, Overcomer. I want to talk to you today about overcoming complacency. I want, to, I want to challenge you today. I, I truly believe this is, could possibly be the most important message of the year. One is because it's the last one. It's the last one you'll hear. So, but this is it. So if you're a note taker, I encourage you to take notes and jot down what we're going to talk about today. But as we get into this and as we move forward, if we look at Scripture, we don't really see three areas of life that we can be in. As, as a church, as a Christian, as a believer, in Revelation 3, we see just a, a couple of options there. When Jesus is speaking to the church, he says this, I want you either hot or I want you cold. Right. 
I mean, that's what he says. He said, he said you cannot be lukewarm. This thing where it's just kind of like, uh, have you ever had the coffee fresh out of the pot and you feel the glory of God coming and you, you sense the Spirit of God and the presence of the Holy Ghost as you pour the cup and as the glory cloud comes up and rises up out of the, out of the cup and you just get into it, you just step in. Oh, let the sweet aroma of, of glory just fill the place. You sense it. And some of y'all, I don't like coffee. You, you, you don't love Jesus. I'm telling you. <laughs> you do not love Jesus if you don't like coffee. But, but it's amazing. It's just a beautiful thing. But then something happens. If you don't get in that cup, man, enjoy it while it's fresh, something happens. It kind of just sits there. Yeah. Who's kind of swung back by the desk after it's been sitting there a while, and then you, you kind of take a sip? And uh, But then something else happens. We do this nowadays. Someone invented this, and it's making millions. They started making it cold. Yeah. And people's going, oh, glory. I don't, I don't like the hot stuff, but I love the cold stuff. And, it, and it's not both of those, man, can work. But that stuff in the middle is not working. It is just not working. And this is what he's saying to us. He's saying to us, I can't have you there. You're no good to me there. You cannot be there. So this is what God's telling us to walk into. Not a lifestyle complacency. Not to where you just sit back and you're kind of lukewarm. He didn't bring you to faith renewed to just kind of sit back. He didn't just kind of bring you here to this church and, and with the vision and the call that God has on this church, the place that he's put in our heart that he wants to take us into. He didn't just bring you in here and kind of just want you just to be kind of a part who steps in and kind of coasts on the train, as Herb said earlier, and who's just going to ride. He wants you in there on the train, going forward, moving, being a part of what he's called this church into. We can't live this life of complacency. There's a, there's a oh man, it's a powerful quote I read, Arthur and Nome, but it says this. It says, complacency is a blight that saps energy, dulls attitudes, and causes a drain on the brain. The first symptom is satisfaction with things as they are. Wow. The second is rejection of things as they might be. Good enough becomes today's watchword and tomorrow's standard. Complacency makes people fear the unknown, mistrust the untried, and abhor the new. Like water, complacent people follow the easiest course downhill. Wow. Well, that's challenging. And literally, I've seen this in life. I've watched people who will, I mean, literally come out and get fired up and get pumped and get excited. And then this is what takes place in life. Life. I mean, we get hit with stuff. And so, again, this whole series is about us challenging and overcoming the obstacles and the things that come our way. And what happens so many times, I watch people pull back, and, and I see in my heart what God's called them to do and where he wants to take them into and the things that he wants them to experience. But so many times, they kind of pull back. They get relaxed. They get complacent. That fire goes down. They quit serving. They quit giving. They quit showing up, quit loving, and then they start missing out on what God has. I'm telling you, today I want to challenge you to move past the complacency. Complacency will always leave you in three ways. It'll leave you feeling hopeless every time. It'll leave you in financial hardship. It'll leave you in missed opportunities. It'll leave you in feeling hopeless, financial hardships, and with missed opportunities. Proverbs 6, 9, and 11 says this in the Message Bible. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? 
How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Ouch. That's strong, but it's true. And not just physically speaking of just, again, our job and our finances. But life, I'm telling you, it, there's so many things, there's so many opportunities that are missed because we sit back and we get relaxed or we do this. Well, it's the end of the year or it's the last of the quarter or it's the end of this. I'll get it next time. Listen to me. There might not be a next time. There may not be in bed. You may have missed an opportunity. When the Holy Spirit speaks something to your heart, and He challenges you in that moment. Go, man. Do what He's called you into. Step into that today. So I want to give you a few things. If you're taking notes, a few keys to overcoming complacency. And the first three, just straight from my heart. The last three, straight from our text. And so we'll hit them quick. And so just go with me. We'll go. We'll get this. Number one is this. Search. Search. Search for the areas of idleness that are present in your life. Search for the areas where there are things that you've just kind of gotten relaxed in. Psalms 139, 23 and 24 says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow. Why ask you this question? What area have you lost passion in? What area are you just kind of going through the motions in now? Another question God put heavy on my heart as I was, I was preparing this, and, and, uh, and, it, and it just just challenged me, and, and I, I believe today there are many that hear this and will be challenged, but it was this. He said, what did you used to look at as wrong that you've gotten comfortable doing now? Wow. What was it that, that, that one, at some point you look at and you say, man, I, I used to live that way. I used to do that thing. The Holy Spirit of God come in and changed me and he made me new and he drew me in. He changed my life. He wrecked my world for good. And he did this in my heart. He did this stir and a fire began to burn in me. Man, I feel that. I, I just sense the Spirit of God working so strong. And you look at that life and you say, man, I'm so thankful. I'm not who I used to be. He's made me new in him. And then you've done this. Somewhere along the way, you pulled back, got relaxed, and what used to be wrong, not wrong anymore. Listen, if it was sin then, it's still sin now. If it's in the book and it's always been sin, it always will be sin. We're not, I don't care what the world tries to tell us, and we're living in this world that's trying to tell us what normal is. He's trying to tell us what we should look like, what the Christian life should look like. The world don't know what the Christian life should look like. The world has no idea Jesus knows what the Christian life looks like, and he modeled it for us, and he shows us in Scripture how to walk that out. So again, look at these areas. Look at your life. Say, man, what is it? What area have I gotten pulled back in? What area have I gotten relaxed in? It could be this. It could be your career. It could be uh, your finances. It could be your physical body. It could be spiritually. Any of these areas, listen to me, idleness is dangerous. Complacency is dangerous. So you have to do this. You have to say, God, show me, reveal to me. And this is what the Spirit of God will do when you ask Him, God, search my heart and reveal to me those things. You know what He'll do? He will. 
He'll reveal those things to you. And this is what's good about God, man. He loves you. It's why Jesus got on a tree. It's why he got on the cross and gave his life for us so that when we do drop the ball and when we do get complacency and get pulled back in and relaxed, man, the grace of God can wash over us again and made new in him and we can step into a place, again, not just where we've been, but to another level of glory in him. So again, we say that, search me, God, search my heart. Number two is this, see. See, see the eternal significance in what you're doing. See the eternal significance in what you're doing. Luke 10, 2 says this. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Listen to me. I don't, it doesn't matter what job you have, what, what's going on. You may have your own company. You may be a stay-at-home mom taking care of the little ones. Listen to me. Everything that God's called you into, if you'll see it this way, has eternal spiritual significance if you would recognize it. He may, you may be today, you may be a mom who's sitting at home and you're taking care of his babies and you're saying, man, I wish I had something to do that was making a difference. Listen, you have little souls in the palms of your hand. You have the opportunity to pour life into them, to teach and to show them. Listen, you make some of you go to a job and you hit the clock and you say, man, my job stinks. I'm just going there. I'm just going around. I'm being around all these people, man, all this junk, all this stuff. Listen to me. Start looking around you. There's a harvest around you. There's opportunities all around you. Every person in this room knows somebody today that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. You know what that is? Harvest opportunity that we can walk into. So again, see the significance in everything that you're doing. Number three is this. Set. Set goals in every major area of your life. Set some goals. We're we're leaving 14, about to go into 15. And so again, it's a great time to do this. Uh, This is a great time to pull back and look and say, I'm going to set some goals. I'm going to do some things different. If if physically you're saying, I want to get myself in better shape, set a goal. Set a goal. If you want to lose some of this major amount of weight, listen, don't get overwhelmed by that big goal. Start with just one goal. Five pounds. Five pounds. I mean, I'm going to take off five pounds. So get up, get up, set your goal, set in your mind, walk up the plan it's going to have to take to do that. Get on a scale, look at it, say, man, I lost five pounds to celebrate. Not too much. Be careful how you celebrate. Not too much cake, you know, and I create, you can get a little bit, but just celebrate. Do something. So when you do this, man, I'm sick of being the job that I'm in. Listen, do something about it. Go back to school. Start doing this. Send out some resumes. Send out some resumes. Pick up the phone, call, get online. Do some stuff. Set some goals. Do something about this. Somebody let me in my marriage needs help. And I wish God would heal my marriage. Do this. Start loving your spouse more. Start showing them affection more. Start reaching out to them. Start making an effort. Set a goal. Say, man, God's going to do this. And then pursue that and go after that goal. Spiritually, listen, every person here should be doing this. I don't want my spiritual walk this year, uh, next year, like it did this year. I don't, want it. I don't want my walk next year like it did this year. It might have been a great year. You watched God do some stuff and experience some things. Listen, he wants to take you to a new level. So do that. Set some goals. Move in. Number four, he said it's this, and it's from our scripture. He says this. He says we need to disconnect. 
We need to disconnect. And this is, this is huge. We need to disconnect from certain things. And it's amazing. I don't know why I haven't talked from this passage before because it's pretty cool. He says this. He says in verse 6, he says, But we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to their tradition, which he received from us. He says in verse 14, And if anyone does not obey uh, our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. He says in verse 15, Do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now listen, this is what this means. We're, we're literally pulling back and we're disconnecting from those who are not walking the direction we're walking. And that's tough. And as a pastor, listen, your heart is love for everyone. You have a desire to bring everyone and get them on a train, man, and go forward. Some won't, but listen, we can't stop and not move the train forward as God's calling us just because somebody didn't get on. We can't do that. We have to move where God's calling us into and step into that next place. So again, he literally here says to disconnect from some of those people. And, there, and here's, here's the truth. You, you literally, God's put something in your heart. I was, I was saying, set some goals. And some of you just thought, man, I need to set a goal in this. Listen, everybody's not going to believe in your dream. Everybody's not going to grab hold of the vision that you have and, and do what God's called you into. You know what you should do? Disconnect from them. Now, this is careful thing. This is, what's, this is important. This is, what's, this is where it's huge we stay with Scripture. This does not mean that, again, we have no, just no relation. We'd have nothing. Oh, man, they're going to hell. They're done. They're stopping me, so I'm done with it. Yeah, be careful because he says to do it this way in verse 15. He says, don't count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Yeah. So that means we need to do this. We go and we speak the truth to that person in love. Hear that. And, and this is what I found to be true. The people who, when they know something's going on in their life and they're in an area uh, or doing something, have got caught up in something, one of the things that they want to do is this. They want to disconnect from the ones that will speak truth and, and, and connect to the one who will celebrate their life. That's right. That's really good. It's huge. Literally, I mean, grab that. We, we want to do this. We want to disconnect. God's put somebody there, and at some point, you was in that place. You remember, man, you remember coming to Christ. Again, re- be, let's be reminded just for a moment of what he brought us out of. He brought us out of the situation, again, the things that we know to be sin. We separated ourselves from that. We did this. We got connected to the people who would keep us accountable. We did that. We sought it out. We didn't even, even realize we did that. But we started surrounding ourselves. We started coming to men's meetings. We started connecting with the women's group. And we started getting connected. We started coming to church more. We started doing certain things because we knew that God had brought us out of something and we wanted to get around people who would keep us there. But what happens is this, and it's just strong. It's the truth. We will pull back from those who will kick us in the crack when we need it. Seriously. And we'll do this. We'll get around and we'll jump and we'll pull and connect to people who will celebrate our lie. And this is huge. Some of you right now, this is, this, you need to hear your pastor. Listen, some of you have got connected to people. Listen, they're pulling you down. And if, and if you're going to go into 2015, listen, don't look at your, your victory. And don't look at your success by what you have materially or what you have emotionally and none of those things. You look at your success by where you're walking with God spiritually. That's the only thing we judge it by. 
And so we do this. We look at situations and we say, I'm going to pull back and I'm going to disconnect from those who I need to disconnect from. Verse 15 says this. It says in the Message Bible, it says, don't treat them as an enemy, but sit down and talk about the problems as someone who cares. That's how we do it. That's what the church and the body should look like. For so many times we did this. When someone was wrong or something happens, when someone got wounded, it was, just, it was just sad. The church would do this. They would kick their wounded or they would hurt their wounded while they were down or kick them out. Listen, he says to do it this way. You go to them, you sit down with them, and you speak to them in love as someone who cares. That's what he's telling us to do. He says, so we do this. It's accountability. Every person, we need this in our life. Number five is this. Work. Work. He says, verse 10, he says this, For even when we were with you, we command you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Now, this is a challenge. As a church, as a pastor, we got a vision that God's called us. I want to challenge you to do this. As we leave 14, get ready to go into a new year, I want to challenge you to get on board and work with us and do the work that God's called us into. He's challenged every person to be a part of this. Listen, I want to challenge you. As we enter this new year, don't be a consumer, be a contributor. Be that. Be someone who contributes. If you'll do this, if you'll contribute and be a part of that, you know what you can do? You can just come in and just sit in and consume and experience it in a greater measure. Because some of you are doing this. This is just truth. Some of you are here and you're celebrating off somebody else's dime. And so we need to do this. I'm going to contribute and be a part of what God's called me into. We have some incredible ministries. I'm telling you, from, from every age, from newborn, kids, little bitty babies being loved on, prayed over, just encouraged while you're in here, uh, experiencing Jesus through preschool. Man, they're getting teaching them the Word of God. I'm telling you, man, these little guys are coming out of preschool, knowing some stuff, walking into a kids' ministry, man, being discipled and trained. We saw just a couple of weeks ago, our kids, man, just praying over adults and laying hands on them, speaking the prayer of faith. Awesome. Step into the youth ministry, take it to the next place, man, being renewed, being discipled, raised up, getting on fire for God, coming in here, and it just carries over. But you know what's happening? It's tough. Those ministries are in place because some people are working harder than they should have to. It's okay to be quiet there, but that's a good word, Pastor. Preach, man of God. Go ahead, son. Wave hanky myself. It's good. Listen, and this is what we should do. It's amazing. And we've seen this. It's just cool. We've seen it. We have events or something at church, and when, when, when everything's torn down and stuff's all crazy and chaotic, it's, 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 a, it's a wild thing. I can just, it's amazing. When you have a lot of people that just jump on board and serve during cleanups and, and, and get everything back in order, it's just amazing. But when it's left to one or two, the job still gets done, but you know, somebody's worn himself out. Man, just get on board. Be a part of this thing. And I'm telling you, some of what would happen during those times of serving, you'll build some of the greatest relationships you're on mission again. If you've ever been on a mission trip, man, it's amazing the relationships that can be built. This church is on a mission trip, dog. We are on a mission, and we're tripping, and we're going forward, and we're experiencing God. And I want to challenge you to get on board, and you'll build some relationships, man, that would rock your world and just change your life. So again, work, serve, be a part of that. And number three, uh, number six is this, resist. Resist. Resist the temptation to quit. Verse 13 says this, But as you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. 
Don't grow weary in doing good. Galatians 6, 9 says it this way. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. 